Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Packers, Green Bay, We are not good, Chef. Nope. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Put it in the corner! Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane. Who would win? Thank God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Dick. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in our last post-game show of the season and a familiar one that we've done now ten times in a row when these guys play each other. Bears, Packers, another win for the Packers. I believe I have covered 20-plus Packers wins or Bears losses, put it that way, since I've taken over this beat. Wait, someone texted me this earlier. Um, since 1992, the Packers are 50-15 and 15 against the Bears. <laughs> there was a, a point, I want to say it was about five, six years ago, where the Packers... We're finally catching the Bears in their all-time record, and now they've just yeah. run away with it. Like that was a storyline for a couple weeks, and with Brett Favre followed by Aaron Rodgers, and now apparently Jordan Love, they've run away with it. Fifty and fifteen. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's unbelievable. Like that in the NFL. Holy moly, that's um. That's depressing, is what that is. Wow. Okay. Well, this is ten in a row. Matt Lafleur is now ten and zero against the Chicago Bears since he became Packers head coach. Um, which say that mathematically ten and zero. Yeah, he's ten and zero. He's won he all like ten games who was ten and zero against the Bears. Yeah. Matt Eberflus is now two and ten against the NFC North. Yeah, not good. Does that do anything for you when I say that? Not really. Not as much as I thought it would. Say that again. Try again. Two and ten against the NFC North. No, I, I guess it doesn't. I still think he's coming back. I'm not going to bury. See, the here's why. Here's why. Well, I agree he's coming back, but I still think that that shouldn't matter. Not only just on the surface of yeah, you shouldn't be two and ten against your own division because you're saying okay, last year was a wash, blah blah blah. Except for mm-hmm. the fact that they blew that game against the Lions last year at home. Yeah. And you're telling me they couldn't win a single division game last year? Like, I could get one, like one in five, and that should have been the one, and they blew it. Then they blew another one against the Lions this year. They should have gone 2-0 and against both the Vikings and Lions this year, and they didn't. And you tell me you can't get one win out of four against the Packers? Like, 0-4 against the Packers matters. You're talking about, like, one of those ugly, like, super ugly games where they win by a field goal and nobody plays well in them. Something like that. Like, I, I get... 
So I guess the point I'm making is even with the understanding that last year was a total like sort of wash year with the expectations, I still don't think 0-6 against the North was defensible, especially in how they lost that one Lions game. And then I think even you, everything in the context of this year in which really they probably should have gone 4-2 and two with how they played in those six games with the two losses being against Green Bay. Because those were the only two games they weren't yeah. really that competitive. Everything you're saying right now kind of reminds me of the conversation we just had with Josh Lucas where if you compare the rosters, the Bears look better. That They might be the actually the better team by the end of it. Oh, there's the thumbs up already. See, Thumbs up, dude. It's, it's the way I'm holding the microphone. I, I figured it out. If you're listening, it, you didn't see the thumbs up already. It thinks it's a thumb? It's the thumb. I might hold it like this. Here comes the thumb again. Uh, yeah. No, maybe not. There it is. There it is. Oh, there it is. Okay. I got um, do you want to talk rotation. big picture already and make our predictions, or do you want to break down this game? Uh, maybe we should start with an, uh, an apology or just to the like, quarterback the of the Green Bay Packers. We admit that we're wrong. Um, See, we did that already on Thursday, though. Yeah, but I just covered it live. Like, Jordan Love was good. <laughs> yeah, he's good. It sucks, but he's good. Like there was one throw in I want what is it late third quarter they were going to this end zone where he, he, he and I'm just shaking my head like like okay I, I can't believe this is happening again like Jordan Love might be legitimately good it was in the fourth quarter um, especially the third down play that that solidified the win for him where he scrambles he's got pressure on his heels gets the pass off to a side end first down basically the game over. It was good. He's good. Yeah, I think now the fear has to be how, is how good is he? You know, because all we need is him. If they go into Dallas next week and win that game and he plays great, now it's, well, they just did it again. They got the third straight amazing quarterback. Now, I think I'm it's going to take more than that. But, look, the reality that everybody has to face, including the you know biggest Justin Fields supporters, objectively, without a doubt, Jordan Love outplayed Justin Fields in both of those games this year when they faced each other. And that was just not supposed to... Those were not the expectations that we all had, no matter who you were. Probably even... In fact, I remember doing Packers radio going into week one. And even they were admitting Justin Fields was better than Jordan Love. His, and that's just objectively not the case now at the end of the 2023 season. His numbers this season... There's the thumbs up again. Let me move my thumb. You might have to learn how to hold your mic differently. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I got this blue light. Kent wants me to cover up. (laughs) What a mess you are. Um, His numbers this season, Adam Hogue, are better than any quarterback in Bears history. Like that in in itself is amazing. I mean, his first full year as a starter would have broken all the franchise records of all the various quarterbacks who ever played for the Chicago Bears. Like, that is amazing. That in itself is, is also depressing. But it's the yes, hard reality oh, of the two franchises. Wow, that's, I mean, it's really incredible Kevin that that's, Fishbane, that's the case. Kevin Fishbane has a not-so-fun fact in his column that Jordan Love Ooh. did something today against the Bears that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers never did against the Bears. I'm not going to give it away, but it's a stat in his column. So we have to go read the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan yes, John. Yes. If you want to make yourself okay. sick, go see it. If you, you're a glutton for punishment, go see it. It, it. it is not good. It's kind of depressing okay. when you consider how many quarterbacks that we've covered in the past 10 years, but it's the hard truth. 
All right, well, all that aside, I want to get to some of the reaction that you got at Lambeau. You're obviously there. I'm back at the CHO studios in Chicago. Um, let's start with – I want to start with Justin Fields and what he said okay. because he had a message for Bears fans on his way out. I want you to kind of paraphrase what he said and then give me your reaction for maybe what you think he meant by it or what he's expecting. Well, he said goodbye, essentially, including to us, the media. I don't expect him to talk to us tomorrow during open locker room. Maybe he does a couple interviews this week, but it was his goodbye. Again, I feel like he's he's shared these sentiments before. He's shared these feelings before in various interviews where there's some finality, some conclusion to them. And he said goodbye. This time it was to the media. You know, he made a joke about how tough we were and whatnot. You know, it's the Chicago media, but he thanked us and he said goodbye. That's how, that's literally what I said when his press conference concluded. I'm like, well, that was a goodbye. And yeah. part of me feels like there should be more to this story. Like this isn't over yet. Maybe the evaluation process is really just beginning. You know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Justin Fields, what do you do? Like those conversations are just going to get going full throttle right now at Hallis Hall. But that was my takeaway in that room, 10 feet away from Justin Fields. That was a goodbye. Yeah, and my reaction is kind of what you just said. I don't think this evaluation should be done because I think the evaluation has to include the trade compensation. Column A, column B, column C, what does it look like with all the trade compensation included? And so we don't know all that now. And the evaluation on these rookie quarterbacks are not, you know, they shouldn't be complete at this point. Now, are you leaning one way? Possibly. But all that being said, Justin Fields doesn't say those things, doesn't give kind of that goodbye message at Lambeau Field today if he feels like he's coming back um, or if he feels confident that he is coming back. So at a minimum, he is feeling some doubt over his future with the Chicago Bears. So all that confirms is there's not some internal message that's been given that says, you know, that in his mind, despite all the outside talk, Johns, that, you know, he feels comfortable that he's coming back, all his teammates supports, all these things we've we've heard. It just kind of confirms that that doesn't necessarily move the needle here, that Justin Fields himself is as unsure as we are, as the fans are, about what's going to happen here. Now, he did kind of reference last year a bit where the similar situation came about. But I, I think it's, it's so different now because we expected him to return for his third season. Like, we expected Eberflus and Getty to be back. Like, now there's so many unknowns. So many big, mm-hmm. you know, picture questions that need to be played out and, and answered at Hallis Hall now. So the the uncertainty has increased. Last year, there wasn't much for for Justin Fields because he was kept in the loop by Ryan Poles. This time, I don't I don't think he's going to be fair or not. You know, the the numbers say. No, like you have to, you know, look ahead in, in a sense. And I get that there could be, like, I, there are real reasons to keep him. But I just think if you're Ryan Poles, like this year, 
your conversations to Justin Fields are going to be a bit different. He's not going to be kept in the loop about trading the first pick, right? He can't. Like maybe he, he's shown film of Caleb Williams, but I don't think they're going down that that, that route. But um, yeah, it, it was an interesting press conference with Justin Fields. That's for sure. All right, how about Matt Eberflus? What did he sound like? Did he sound like a guy giving away goodbye messages Man, or hello Adam, in 2024? He is, well, it is 2024. He, he sounds like a guy who's ringing in the new year. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but he has sounded like Happy a New coach. Year, Bears fans. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, baby. He has sounded like a coach for the past several, several weeks, several weeks, who is returning. Like he's coming back yeah. for his third season. Like you, you hear it in the us's and the we's, and every time he mentions the future and building upon something, and it's been like this for the past couple of weeks now, where even his body language is different, his mannerisms are different, like this, his voice inflection is different. That's the, the the sense I get from him, and we still got it despite the loss of the Packers tonight. You, you sensed the future. It was in his answers. It was we us about the future. You know, all of that was on display here in Lambeau Field. Like, he talked about the future. He sounds like a coach who's coming back, man. Also, Ryan Poles, every interview he does, his weekly appearances, he talks about everything that Matty Reflus has done well this year and how he's, you know, basically fixed everything that was wrong earlier in the year, got them through adversity. There was a report from Tracy Wolfson during the broadcast today Um uh, on Kevin Warren's thoughts, and he's talking about how Dick Vermeil it took till year three when he was with the Rams. Um, that was the greatest show on turf here. Yeah, um, I don't which, think we're getting okay. that. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think the greatest show on turf's coming next year. Even if I mean, maybe eventually, maybe a really good defense. Yeah. It, so <sighs> I would say, yeah, I would say slow the roll on all that. I, I, all, all that is if all those things are being said. And after the end of this, they fire him. That would be a hell of a 180. Yeah. And yeah. and they would have to, quite frankly, answer questions about, well, then why would you say all these nice things that you seemingly believed if you were just going to turn around and fire the guy? See, the, the only reason I think they could do that is if they're introducing Jim Harbaugh four days later, fresh off a national championship, went over Washington. Like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. No need yeah. to explain yourself any further. We all get it. But if it's not that, I don't think you do it. See, the problem with that, though, and this has come up a few times, like back-channel conversations, the you know college football, the Cubs secretly getting Craig Council behind the scenes and kicking David Ross out. You can't Putting do that in own- the NFL with – Putting up your own sign in the Ohio State sideline for them to steal and interpret as a message to Jim yeah. Harbaugh. <laughs> that would be awesome. We we need you. If, Love KW. Yeah. If, what's what's that guy's name? Connor, whatever. Stallions. Stallions. Yeah. He was at the Rose Bowl, by the way. Maybe he's in the crowd putting up a sign that's like, "Come, come get me, Kevin Warren." Yeah. So and Kevin Warren has to go to game day and put up his own sign where it's just like a bear's head. Yeah question mark please <laughs> something like that you know send the message you know we're kidding around about, about this but uh like to, to me the most interesting comments today came from from dj moore like i was in that media scrum with him had real quick great- con- uh, john's real quick before we get to that 
can I can I just finish what I was saying though? It's just hard to do all that back channel stuff with the Rooney Rule. You know what I mean? Like you can't yeah. just keep things status quo till Friday, and then all of a sudden Friday, oh boo, we're we're hiring Jim Harbaugh. You can't do that without going through the Rooney Rule requirements. So you would have to fire Flus, and there'd have to be a gap before you actually introduce Jim Harbaugh, and you'd have to make sure and all that you don't get in danger of any tampering that you went around the Rooney rule. It's very complicated. You just can't do in the NFL what the Cubs did with correct counsel is my point. But you should try. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. I, I, I'm kidding. Yeah. You know, I, I get 100% what you're saying, but yes. I, I, look, I, at this point in time, like you always come up with your own like list of head coaching candidates, and Jim Harbaugh stands out like he stands out so much at this time. Like, of course there's some young offensive minds like Ben Johnson, you know, is going to be like the the hottest name out there. And and I get it. Right. Um, But Jim Harbaugh's work, like it speaks for itself. It's like a no brainer decision. If you're the Raiders chargers, or if the bears go in that direction, Um, I know I'm kind of making light of the situation right now, but I mean, that's just the way I, I see it. It's Jim Harbaugh and everybody else. Yeah, I agree. All right, now you're right. DJ Moore had some interesting things to say. You were there. Uh, tell us about what happened. It was um, it was a conversation about the offense. And at first, it sounded like DJ Moore doesn't agree with the identity. Like He wants it to be a more explosive offense. He wants to know why there haven't been more explosive plays. He wants to know why they're this run first team right he wants to know what type of offense they want to be and he goes go look at the film you know when we won our games we were more explosive did we miss explosive opportunities in other games and then he was he was asked specifically about the play calling of lugetti and his answers his first three words were i think it's fine first few words i should say or i think it's fine it's fine and that, like, just in terms of, like, if you're going to compare votes of confidence, like, Jaquan Brisker said, like, yes, Mandy Rufus should come back. I want him to come back. That yeah. sounded so different than what DJ Moore said earlier about Luke Yetzi. And I'm sure everyone who was in that scrum, their eyebrows were ra- raised, and, and, you know, that's going to go viral for what he said. And, and it should. It's the first public display of criticism from a player, right? At least that's how I took it, where this star player who set career highs in touchdowns and receiving yards is not happy with the play calling they got this season, even though he produced at such a high level. Like, that is something that Matt Eberflus, that Ryan Poles will want to hear in their exit interviews with him tomorrow at Hallis Hall. Absolutely. Um, Probably in stronger words. Well, and and when you say that, do you think they want they're going to ask him to explain his comments or ask him to do so in a way where wait we want the truth? Be brutally honest. Yeah. Well, or are they going to be upset that he made those comments? No, no. I, I, if, yeah. if there's one thing I've learned about Matty Berflus, is he he wants brutal honesty. He's taken a lot of feedback from his players this year, especially on defense. You talk to them about it; they love him for it. So he would expect that from DJ Moore. This is DJ Moore's first time 
going through this for Matt Eberflus. So to hear that, I think would be of, of great benefit for Matt Eberflus, who may have to make some decisions about his offensive play caller and his quarterback. Well, and at minimum, it was it was him declining an opportunity to go to bat for Luke Getze. You know, beyond that, it was actual criticism of Luke Getze. And you made the point of comparing it to some of the things the defensive players have said about Flues, where they flat out said, we want him back. How about comparing it to what DJ Moore said about his quarterback just a few weeks ago, saying that he's better than the two guys coming out of college? Not that he's watched the film on him, but, you know, that was a very decisive going to bat for Justin Fields. And compare that to what that answer was to today, which I believe it was Potts who asked the question, do you think you need a different, different offensive coordinator, which was, you know, I'm paraphrasing the question, but that's essentially what it was. And it's two very different answers. And it's completely fair for everybody to point that out. And by the way, it's completely fair to DJ Moore to say to what he had to say if he really believes that. Because he's locked in here. And he wants to score more points. And he's in a position to be one of those guys, those veterans in the locker room, to have an opinion on all this. So I agree that that was a huge story coming out of that locker room uh, tonight and something that will be talked about and should be talked about, quite frankly, all week until a move is made or not made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you watch the Texans beat the Colts last night and the throws yeah, that C.J. Stroud you know, was, was making in it? In it? With, with an offense that isn't exactly loaded with pro bowlers and superstars. Yeah, it's very impressive. It's something to think about. It, it really is. It's something for Ryan Poles, um, Matt Eberflus. I don't know if Luke Getz is going to be involved, but Kevin Warren's going to hear from it. Like there, There's so much involved in that conversation. There really is. I mean, the quarterback position drives change. If it's not working, Things change for franchises. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you got to be careful with it because, look, I had C.J. Stroud as my number one quarterback last year over Bryce Young, but I did not have him over Justin Fields. You know, I was still saying I, I would not, you know, give up on Justin Fields for C.J. Stroud. Just because that happened – doesn't mean that you make the same mistake or you got to make sure that that doesn't lead to a mistake this year because there's no guarantee that Caleb Williams does what C.J. Stroud did this year. However, if your evaluation of Caleb Williams says he's as good as C.J. Stroud or better, now with the evidence you have from Justin Fields' third season – that's really hard to pass on if I'm looking at it objectively with a general manager who did not draft Justin Fields, who can reset the quarterback. I didn't the whole quarterback clock thing last year didn't make sense to me because Justin Fields was only coming out of year two. Year three, that's a that's that's a whole nother year. And it's a whole nother year of evidence. And you're you're closer to having to pay Justin. So it makes way more sense this year than it made sense to me last year and now you have this example in cj stroud that's staring you in the face and again if you think caleb williams is as good as cj stroud or better i don't know how you turn that down i just really i don't know how you do i think a lot of recent history suggests that rookie quarterbacks like when they hit they hit 
like right away in their first year, CJ Stroud, Justin Herbert, where they hit within their first three seasons, right? And when I say hit, I mean like their careers reach another level. Where you saw Jalen Hurts, where you saw Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, his second season. They take these steps within their first three seasons when their situations aren't exactly ideal. Of course, teams are going to build around them and add around them. Um, they hit. Um, I understand that maybe the argument here is that Justin feels like his third season with Matt Eberflus, like it still matters. It's not exactly like he was dealt a, a winning hand in his first season with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace basically heading out the door. So I like I understand that that argument. To me, like if the Bears are going to trade that first pick and build around the quarterback with all of this amazing draft capital, Ryan Poles still better give himself, like the numbers say, the hard data says, give yourself an exit plan just in case it doesn't work out for Justin Fields. Like if you're building around Justin Fields, you're automatically building around that next quarterback. So whether you take a quarterback, say, day two because of all your maneuvering and you bring him into the mix or you take an extra 2025 pick in the first round and that's when you make your move. I just think if you're Ryan Poles, It'll be male practice if you don't give yourself another pivot plan if you move off that pick. But Johns, isn't that what he did last year? Yeah, right. It's like what he did. Yeah. This this literally is the exit plan. Like we've gotten here. You know what I mean? Like it was. If you don't have your answer with Justin Fields by year three, that is your answer. And Caleb Williams, not only did you plan for this exit plan, it the stars aligned perfectly that you ended up with a number one pick, which was not a guarantee. So again, it's just like. Maybe we'll all be wrong about this, but the logic and how this all lines up to me, and I'm not talking about my opinion on it. I'm talking about how NFL general managers would look at this and set this up. It just seems like it's staring everybody in the face right there, which is probably why, in my opinion, Justin Fields said his goodbye message tonight in the manner that he did it. Now, before we get out of here, we are going to make our predictions on Fields, Getze, and Flus, similar to how we did two years ago with Pace and Nagy when we both predicted that they'd be out um, without for sure knowing that. But before we get there, I still feel like the elephant in the room, the wild card in all this that has to be discussed is Kevin Warren. And I think it has to be discussed, Johns, that since we did Thursday's episode, a big day in the life work day, whatever, of Kevin Warren got put out by the Chicago Bears. It was a big story. The very next day, he does a public press conference. I was there at Lurie Children's Hospital. Regardless of what it all means, you know, big picture, shout out to the Warren family for donating $1 million to Lurie Children's Hospital, something that's very near and dear to my heart, which I expressed on Twitter um, on Friday. So that's just amazing regardless. But just the timing of all this, and we know Kevin Warren's going to talk this week. We've been informed of that. I just feel like we don't get out of this week without Kevin Warren putting his stamp on something. I don't know what that something is. 
But doesn't this feel like it's been strategically laid out there? This big piece comes out on ChicagoBears.com. Like all of this was pre-calculated? I don't know. Um, He's been laying in the weeds and quiet all year. And then you get this big story out of nowhere that they put out themselves. Ago. Maybe I'm part of the pre-calculation. Um, <laughs> um, I don't want to sit here and make it too much of, out of it. Like, That's I, right. I know you, what you're yeah. – like, I, I was – yeah, I sat down with them like – a long time ago now i think six seven weeks ago um i know what you're saying i do um i'm just not sure what that's going to be that could be a vote of confidence for matt eberflus in a sense that's what i'm it, saying that could I, be I him so... quoting dick vermeil on wednesday <laughs> i'm serious I'm about what... that no 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 and that's what i mean regardless of what it is even if it's everybody's coming back i just feel like Kevin Warren's going to be the one delivering a very strong message in one way or the other that this is his decision. What, you know, I, I don't know. I, you get, you kind of understand what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Like yeah. I'm the boss. This is my team. Now I'm the president. I'm the CEO. This is the direction I want to to lead this team in. Like this is my influence and whatnot. I, what I think you're going to get is him backing Matt Eberflus with Ryan Poles at his side and thorough explanations about how they're. I don't want to use collaboration. I, I just said it. I'm sorry. How they're how they're working well together. <laughs> you know, Ryan Poles and him and how the best decision was sticking with Matt Eberflus because of stability and how we're not going to overreact to this, that, and the other. Like, I feel like that's what we're getting. But yet there will still be change, major ones. Your predictions. Okay, so four questions. Will Matt Eberflus remain the head coach of the Chicago Bears? Yes. I say yes, too. Will Luke Getze remain the offensive coordinator? Of the Chicago Bears? No. I'm going to say no. Will Justin Fields be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears week one of next season? No. I'm going to say no as well. Now, the fourth question is, of those three answers you just gave, which one would you be – if you had to pick one of those that ends up being wrong, which one would you pick? Fields. Based on, I think there's a connection between him and Eberflus. One that maybe supersedes the Getsy influence, the the Getsy play calling. That 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 conversation. I think Fields and Eberflus have established a rapport, maybe even a trust together. You know, it's 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 like him giving him a message of two hundred, where yeah. you want two touchdowns. Zero interceptions, zero sacks. Like little goals like that. Zebra flu sitting in the quarterback's room for two years. It's him having these breakfast club meetings with Justin Fields over these past couple of years. Like different interactions. So if there's one that I don't feel good about, it's that one. Because I feel like there has been a relationship established between the head coach and quarterback. So I probably agree with you. But in the interest of us not giving the same four answers to all four questions... I am going to say Flus. And it goes back to what I was just saying about Kevin Warren. 
And it's just always stuck in the back of my head from day one with this guy. And not even just what he said in all of his press conferences when he first got here or at the owners' meetings, you know, when we were there in Arizona. It goes back to things I was told about him from day one with the sources I checked in with that that had worked with him and knew him and all this stuff. He shoots for the moon on a lot of things. And that being said, I have no idea if he's shooting for the moon with Jim Harbaugh, but it definitely would not shock me if he was, just knowing what I know about Kevin Warren and his history. Like if there was ever a team president come in and shoot for something like that, that in the past we were like, Jim Harbaugh, the Bears would never do that. I feel differently about that now that Kevin Warren's here. And well, something you- about sorry, just something about status quo here. 10 and 24 over two seasons. Granted that that's not completely fair to put all on Eberflus. But the other record we talked about earlier that I do think you can put a lot on Flus. 2 and 10 against the NFC North. 0 and 4 against the Green Bay Packers. Something about status quo, Johns, does not match Kevin Warren to me. And I cannot get that out of my head. It's just a feeling I have. And I may end up being completely wrong about it. But so to answer that question I just asked of those three, that which one we think we could be wrong about, I'm going to go with my Eberflus prediction, which I, I do think he'll be back. But if I'm going to be wrong about one, that's the one. And I think it has to do with Kevin Warren. And Jim Harbaugh is the only big swing. Like to, to play out your scenario, like I, again, I was making light of the situation earlier, but I've written this. If you're going to get rid of Matt Eberflus, Go for the big swing. Go for Jim Harbaugh. Right? Go for the coach that NFL teams have been looking at or trying to pry away from Michigan for a few years now. Like, that is the home run swing. I don't think Ben Johnson is. I don't think Bobby Slowick is. Like, we've had our run of hot name coordinators, right? We've had a couple defensive guys come through here. We went with the... uh, retread coach for the first time in John Fox. That didn't work out well. We went way out of the box for Mark Tressman. That didn't work out well. We tried the young hot name coordinator, Matt Nagy, from the Andy retreat. That didn't work out well. So to me, it's the home run swing or you keep loose. That, that, that's really it. Um, yes, you have to do your due diligence. Yes, you have to interview other candidates. Yes, you need more information. And yes, if you bring in Jim Harbaugh, your structure is going to have to change. It's going to have to. But if well, you're making... Well, I don't know. There's, sports- been some, there's been some whispers that he Come might on. be okay. I Come know. On. Come on. I think that that's why he didn't ultimately get that Vikings job, though. And he, yeah. so maybe maybe he's that desperate for an NFL job because he knows what's coming down. Though. By the way... Getting Jim Harbaugh might mean Jim Harbaugh's not coaching week one for you because the NFL has already kind of come out and said that if he gets an NCAA suspension, they're going to honor it, or at least some of crazy. it. So he, crazy. he may yeah, he may end up well, being suspended of the, to start that's the That's part season. of it, right? That's part of the evaluation with Harbaugh. Like, yeah. Stuff like that happens under his control. I, I, I will say this to maybe further the intrigue. I think Ryan Poles knows what it's like to work with very highly influential, but very 
very successful head coaches. Just look yeah. at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Or Andy Reid is king. I think Ryan Poles might be able to handle that situation, the Jim Harbaugh situation, quite well, just because I think he's got a history of dealing with influential head coaches. Yeah, well, Ryan Poles seems like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ryan Poles, there's a lot of GMs that would not have loved the structure changing on them a year after taking the job and all of a sudden having Kevin Warren above them. So Ryan, well, Ryan Poles, Poles seems like, He just strikes me as very confident in what he's doing. Believes yeah. in himself. Yeah. And most of the results have been, you know, with some couple bad exceptions, but most of the results have been pretty good that support that. All right. Any other final thoughts before we get out of here? No. It should be an interesting week. Yeah. I think tomorrow is going to be mostly quiet when it comes to Chicago Bears. Maybe loud across the league with some other moves, but um be very interesting when to see what happens with Bill Belichick, for instance. You want to trade Justin Fields for Bill Belichick straight up? No. Okay, just checking. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I think we got some chats to go through real quick. Oh, do we? We got some super chats? We got some super chats. Can't. Um, oh, my bad. Eric Freer, $5. Brady was 29-7 and versus the Jets. It's that level of stupidity. Yeah, it's I'm almost. Yeah. He's referencing the Packers record. <laughs> 50 and 15. 50 and 15. With three different quarterbacks. 
Patrick Metz, $5. Luke Getze made Joe Barry's defense look spectacular, yet the Panthers were able to hang 30 points on them. Someone will have to be the scapegoat. It is. I brought up this point on CHGO, Johns. There's still a scenario in which Joe Barry gets fired, even with the Packers making the playoffs. In fact, I would still say that's a likelihood. So it would be remarkable if Luke Getze doesn't get fired, and Joe Barry does, despite what happened in this game tonight. I mean, nine points. Yeah. He's right. Bryce Young had a, a rough rookie season, and his best game came against the Packers. Yeah, th- this game. like, And I know the Bears had some injuries up front, and Cole Komet left the game with a forearm injury. Like, I get it. Not ideal. But this game felt like a scapegoats like, needed or coming. Does that make sense to you? Like, yeah, just the whole vibe of it. Like, it wasn't going well offensively. We're like, okay, changes are coming. Like, this isn't good. That's why I felt like all week this game was going to matter. I really did, and I and I and I think it did, especially for the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. Um, do we have any others? Uh, cloudy future, which by the way is not what the Bears have. The Bears have a bright future, regardless. We hope. Uh, he says uh, $5. Excited to see how Eberflus and Pohl screw up Caleb Williams or Drake May. That should be good stuff. Have to have that circle of suck going. Well, I have a little faith. Yeah. Bears will get it right eventually. Patrick Maybe. Forney. I do not know what CHF is in the currency world, but there's 10 of those. Uh, excuse my French. Oh, so is it French? Oh, Franks. Of course. Um, oh, my God. I'm the worst. You want to take a stab at this? Just read what he said. The Bears have a new... I'm not saying the the, the French part. If, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. Les Chicago Bears on Nouvelle de Propriétaire. No. I think yes. I just actually did it pretty good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They Don't have, delete it. I can't see it. The, the, Bears, uh, the Bears have a new owner. Matt LaFleur is 10-0 and against the Bears. Uh, the Vikings and the Bears have the same season. Go back, go. Okay. So it's a French Packer fan jumping in here. Mm. Classic. We appreciate the super chat. Marlon Harris, $5. No good OC is coming to Chicago with a lame duck head coach. See, see, I actually will debate that. There are some intriguing offensive coordinator names out there or could be potentially available, especially some up-and-coming offensive coordinators who do not call plays, who may need that opportunity to further their own careers. Okay, that idea I hate. Don't hire another guy who's never done something before. Okay, then how about the Kellen Moore? The Bears keep Moore? doing that. Then how about Kellen Moore, who may or may not be retained by the Los Angeles Chargers? Um, maybe. Kellen Moore? Come on. Well, Kellen Moore didn't do much with Justin Herbert this year. I think there was a lot of things afoot in Los Angeles. And he wasn't retained by the Cowboys, who have continued to be, look good without him. So I don't know. I like Kellen Moore, but uh, that is a I and but well and by the way, I think I think an OC with the opportunity to inherit Caleb Williams to work with Caleb Williams, there's still going to be people lined up at the door. Kingsbury? But if they are hiring a new OC, I hope they're not hiring somebody who's never called plays before. Historically, not a good idea here. <laughs> 
<laughs> doesn't go well. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, Michael jumping in, $2. We need another effing corner. We need another corner! <laughs> Still my favorite. But, yeah, that applied to tonight. 100% did. Yeah, they missed Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson had a great ending of the season. He's going to get paid. Uh, Chris, $10. It's crazy to think the night Justin was drafted, news broke that Rodgers would be traded. Happened next year, and all the hope we had, and it might end in Green Bay where love looked good. Stings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I still think they should have traded Justin that, or um, Aaron Rodgers right. that night. I think it set them back. As good as love looks now, they got to pay them, and they missed the years of the rookie deal. Football, CF Candy, one uh, pound, one ninety nine pounds sterling. Ear flus returning might be Poles' worst decision. There's a lot of people See, who feel I, that I, way. Yeah, I, but at the same time, GMs usually outlast head coaches, and GMs usually get another second round of the head coaching circuit. Yeah. We saw it just play out with Ryan Pace, so. Yeah, 100%. One more. Um, Luis, $20, uh, sorry, $2. Uh, Greg Roman was Harbaugh's OC in San Francisco. Let's get him. Here's the thing about Greg Roman, though. Um, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson look just fine without him. Uh, Lamar right. Jackson has returned to MVP status without him. And Greg Roman is known for his rush offenses not so much his pass offenses while he did play a good a good role in the development of Lamar Jackson Greg Roman throughout well, throughout history there's a long track record here is known for his rush offenses not his pass offenses well and that's a hardball thing too it's why JJ McCarthy doesn't throw the ball that much mm-hmm. so you got one more if you're if you're going to Harbaugh, that's probably what it looks like. Anyway, Brody, 199. Eddie Jackson should be gone. This was Eddie Jackson's 100th Bears game tonight. Really? Chance it could have been his last. We'll have to see. Good guy award winner this year. So. All right. Um, well, should be an interesting week. We're going nowhere. We're going to have it all covered for you. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday morning with whatever happens tomorrow. Um, might have to shift things here and there based on news. We are now into the off season, so um, you know we got to be flexible sometimes. We There's also might be shifting our coming. <laughs> Is there really a snowstorm? There's When's no it coming? coming? Tuesday. Okay, that sounds fun. Whatever. It's been a while since we've had some good snow. All right, uh, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogan, at Adam Johns. Follow our show account, at Hogan Johns. Go to HoganJohns.com to get all of our merch. It's up there for you. And um, we appreciate all the support, as always. Please hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Please hit subscribe. Come join us. We're here all the time. We're breaking down the Bears. Been the longest-standing Bears podcast that exists. And um, we're going nowhere. We're going to keep it going throughout this crazy offseason. So please hit subscribe. Please stay with us. Also, if you're listening the old-fashioned way, as we've always been a podcast, listen the audio way. Wherever you listen, please rate and review. We appreciate five-star reviews and uh, helps continue to grow this. Most importantly, as I always say, please send the link off to a Bears fan that you know that's going to want to follow all of our coverage throughout this offseason. It's been fun. It was a very entertaining Bears season. It was a wild ro- roller coaster, to be honest. They finished 7-10. and 10. They just barely kind of hit that threshold that we talked about between 7-10 and 10 wins. Some 
you know, somewhere in there. It was a wackier road than I expected. They did technically get the seven wins. Now they got some big decisions, but they also have the number one overall pick for the second straight year. Tons of cap space. Really, they could do whatever they want here. And I think the future's bright, so we're going to be covering it all along the way. Johnsy, appreciate your traveling all year and making this work on the road. It's definitely not easy. Um, so thank you, brother. Hey, man. It's been fun. Right. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. It's been a great another year down for the Hogan Giants. Season number 10 for the show. Coming up. Coming up. How about that? Don't go anywhere. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. See ya. The Packers. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.